It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Welcome to Tangential Inspiration. This is Teresa. This is Colleen. We are on episode 151, and I'm going to chat. Jenna Bush was an intern with UNICEF back in 2006, and she has a book called Anna's Story that I'm going to chat about Anna's story. Oh, exciting. Yeah. I am going to, I'm trying to condense, but I think I'm just going to talk about friendship. Oh, that's a good one. And the nice things that we do for each other and the time we spend together. That'll that'll work well with Anna's and Jenna's book. Great. So this story actually takes place here in Oregon. Oh. In Lebanon, Oregon. Do you know where that is? I had to look it up. On the way to (laughs) Eugene. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You knew that better than me. For some reason, I had it pegged in like Hermiston. Oh, okay. I can see that though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That is wrong. Yeah. So it's closer to Salem Okay, is actually, Mm -hmm. um, for those of you that, so about an hour from us. Which Salem is technically our capital. Correct. Correct. Oregon capital. Correct. So at the end of September, some local business owners, the Caragons in Lebanon, were given a much helping hand after the painting company that they hired for their house never came through. The community heard their story and stepped up to paint their house while the family was away. And the article didn't know what local business they owned, so I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a really neat and inspiring place. And so mm-hmm. I thought, this is so cool. This yeah. has to be part of the story. And it's called Hazella Bake Shop. And it has scratch pastries from Scandinavia and France. Oh, wow. Now, how do you spell that? Hazella. It's H-A-Z-E-L. So, like, hazel. Oh, okay. L-A. So, maybe it's Hazella. Okay. And this is from their website. And it says, most of the Scandinavian recipes are from their Swedish grandmothers. Mm. And they found that these recipes used roughly half the amount of sugar as a typical American recipe. And that, of course, they use all natural ingredients because there's no additives or preservatives when our great-great-grandmothers were developing them. Okay. Trip to Lebanon. I know! We found they used local ingredients such as real butter, fruit, nuts, and spices to make their treats special, which we thought would appeal to today's consumer as well. We have had many happy customers tell us the reason that they come to our bakery again and again is because they don't feel the sugar crash after eating our pastries. It also says... We provide an exceptional handcrafted baked goods, but our main objective is to also provide quality customer service. Oh, old school. I know. My co-owner and husband worked for the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. My co-owner and husband. Yeah, I thought that was so cute. And apparently the Ritz-Carlton is known for having exacting standards when it comes to serving customers. And he wanted to bring that level of customer service to our endeavor. He amazes repeat guests by remembering their names and the way they like their coffee after only one visit. Yeah, that's amazing. He trains our front of the house team to ensure that each person is greeted upon entering to make eye contact, to use their name if it is given, and to send them out the door feeling seen and appreciated. This seems like a simple technique, but it is what makes Hazella special and sets it apart from other bakeries. 
um, what just one more little blurb here. We have found that works well with guests, also works well with employees. We have very little employee turnover because we work very hard to make our team feel seen, Aww. respected, and appreciated. We greet each employee as they come into work, spend a few minutes during the day asking about how their shift is going and how their day in general is going. Then we send them out the door with words of sincere affirmation and appreciation for the job that they did that day. It takes a bit of extra time and effort but our team comes to work with a smile. Our guests can taste the love that goes into each item we serve. That's So this is why they are so loved yeah, in this community. And that's why the community painted for them. Correct. So were they painting the business? Painting their the, house. Their house. Correct. Okay. okay. So the Caragons didn't expect a crowd of friends and neighbors at their home when they returned from their trip. Mm-hmm. And even more unexpected was finding their home fully painted. Rebecca, she is the wife, was able to see their house in person while her husband, Michael, had to enjoy it through FaceTime. He was actually still stuck at the Seattle airport. Mm -hmm. I don't know the story behind Mm -hmm. that, but we all know with airlines being as they are, who knows what happened. Um, So along with the Lebanon football team, local and non-local neighbors pitched in to get this massive volunteer repainting project done. What's a non-local neighbor? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, it makes me out. Yeah. So volunteer coordinator Shyla Mallow said it was a community team effort from across the county. Well, volunteer coordinator, if you need a volunteer So it makes me wonder if they mean like it's in their county, but not their, you know, their actual neighbor. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Caragon said she and her husband were overwhelmed with emotions and will simply say thank you to this amazing community response. I would have to say that this is an incredible thing that you've done for us. And I am so grateful and astonished. And it's just an amazing thing. This huge outpouring of love for us is just something that's going to sustain through coming months and years. And it's just a beautiful thing. Michael and Rebecca are amazing people. They are humble people. When you go into Hazella's, you are the most important person in the world, said volunteer Paula. They do that with every single solitary person that walks in. I think we'd have a hard time walking in there because we don't like all the attention. I know. (laughs) But I just still thought, you know, I just love their mission and hearing about how wonderful they treat people and their own employees because I think that's really important. Huge. And um and I just loved that in turn that they were taking care of. And it might be more work in, you know, the short term with taking time and doing that. But in the long term with the turnover, it's gonna work out better. Right. But I just love how the community recognizes this and then in turn help them. Yes. And I'm serious about a trip to Lebanon. I know. Sounds delicious. Yeah. The savory ones? I think I want a savory oh, okay. pastry. I'll take the sweet one, okay. but it's not so sugary. So I know, good. I know. So I know back in episode 92, Amy chatted about Jenna and Barbara Bush and just their relationship. Oh, neat. Just amazing girls, definitely. But I picked up this book called Anna's Story. It was written by Jenna Bush who worked as an intern with UNICEF in 2006. Okay. She was, and I know it's not Jenna Bush anymore. Right, it's Jenna Bush Hager. Hager. Yes. Now, are Jenna and Barbara, are those sisters? Yes, they're twins. Oh, because Barbara's Barbara's also the mom. Barbara would be their grandma. Okay. Their mom is Laura Bush. That's right. Yes. Okay, sorry. Oh, my gosh, and I love her, I had too. to think about yes. the family. Okay, yes. okay, thank you. You've got to draw that family I tree. I need a little I need a little Cheat sheet. Yes, okay. me too. So, I know Amy talked about Jenna and Barbara Bush, and I okay. should note that they are daughters of 
George W. and Laura Bush, okay, who was previously a president, and they are granddaughters of George H. Bush. George H. W. Bush. Is there a W in that too? No. Okay. So, Oof. yeah. I know uh, we 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 need, we need that <laughs> that chart again. We do, but lots of charts, whiteboard, <laughs> yes, please. yes, up here. <laughs> um, but Jenna documented the lives of people raised in poverty, particularly children who were abused, neglected, and marginalized. Their program, the UNICEF program in Latin America and the Caribbean, supports and advocates for children and teenagers so they can overcome obstacles that poverty, violence, disease, and discrimination create. And I should just note a little warning that this is, you know, mature subject matter. Okay. Coming. Okay. So UNICEF encourages young people affected by AIDS to meet and support each other, eating these support groups. And Jenna was one of those meetings. And at the end, this young woman stood up and said to the group, we are not dying with AIDS. We are living with it. We are survivors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that just really touched Jenna, I guess. I mean, this, this woman was only 17. Oh, wow. So I say woman because, you know, uh, yeah. So while this book is about Anna and the challenges she faced, it really represented so many of the people that Jenna had encountered. Now, is Anna this girl that stood up and Anna, said, yes. we are living with yes. AIDS? Okay. Yes. And so Jenna goes back and, and this the book is all on conversations she had with Anna okay. about her life and, and growing up. But Jenna would go to say that um, it was so many people that she met. Anna was just one of them. Right, an so, example. Yes. So uh, Anna tells her story, but it's, and it's, you know, definitely individual, but too often this is happening. Right, right. An example, though, of a, experiences that can happen to many, lots of people. Many people right. are experiencing it, yes. Right. Right. Yes. Right. And I'm sure I've talked about it before, but remember the episode of Friends where they talk Phoebe into watching It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> yes. And she just can't watch the whole thing. It's too depressing with everything that happens to George Bailey. And in a way, I felt like that. Mm -hmm. I felt like Phoebe with this book. Or maybe I felt like it was a type of bait and switch because they talked about it being, you know, this journey of hope. Okay. And I was like, how is this a journey of hope? Where's the hope? Yeah, it's beating it down, beating it down. Anna just endures so much. And I just kept questioning how this book could ever describe itself as a journey of hope. Right. But then, you know, remember her back at that night with the support group saying that they're survivors. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was her outlook. Right. The poor thing only had one photo of her mother. And, and that wasn't even an actual photo. It was a color copy of her mother. Like, the oh thing was all rolled up. She had died when Anna was only three years old. And because she was so young, Anna has very few memories of her of mother. right. One memory she does have, she remembers hearing her mom in the bathroom just sobbing. And her dad's like, you know, leave mama alone. And sure. and she just, she knew something was wrong. But she's only three years old. Right. Still, she can only comprehend yeah, so much yeah, at that age. Yeah, exactly. But, but obviously. a strong emotion, though. Like, I, she's hearing her mom. Yes. It's a strong yes. emotion, right? And I think that's why it's so seared in her, in her memory. Yeah. She doesn't know at the time that her sister, Lucia, had died. Lucia spent, she was born, spent two months in the hospital. Her mom, you know, would go to the hospital every day and come back without her baby sister. So 
she never got to meet her sister. Not long after that, her mother died. So see what I mean about this not being a journey of hope, right? <laughs> so her father's only 21. He's got two toddlers because um, there's Anna and Isabel, the, oh, the sister under okay. her. It was the baby Lucia that died. Okay. Um, and he needs help with the kids. Sure. So he and leaves. he's probably also trying to make a living. Yes, yes. Um, so he leaves them with his mother and he visits as often as he can. And I think he really visited a lot. Anna and her younger sister, Isabel, can't wait for him to come visit. He takes them on adventures. He makes everything an adventure, which I just, I loved this dad. And I loved the, even, yeah, short time, but. Doing his best he can. Yes. Even on special occasions, they'd go to McDonald's. Sometimes they'd go shopping. But her favorite memory with her dad was the times they spent dancing. Just to music together. You know, her sister and him. Right. So, when Anna was 10 years old, her abuela, grandma, Mm -hmm. took her to the hospital so that they could explain to her what HIV was. Anna, you know, she knew she had been taking these pills her whole life because she was sick, but she didn't really know why. She didn't know, you know, what they meant. And her grandmother definitely wouldn't talk about it. Shame. And so she wanted her to learn from the hospital. Her grandmother definitely wouldn't talk about it, but feels it's time for her to learn, you know, this family secret. She also thought maybe the hospital, I would think, could explain it better. To a child, maybe? I would hope that would be the case. Right. After reading the book, I, I was not super impressed with the grandma. But, okay. But yes, okay. I okay. would hope that would be the case. Oh, pretty obvious at this point. Anna has HIV, and she okay. contracted it from her mother when she was born. Oh, yep. That can happen. So yep. that's what took her sister, Lucia. That's why oh, she didn't make it. Okay. And eventually that's what had taken her mom. Okay. Sadly, Anna's mother and... Anna's aunt had been raped by their stepfather when they were very young, and that's when they were infected. Okay. So they didn't know enough about the disease at the time. No. But Anna's mother spread it to her husband, who would would also eventually succumb to, to AIDS, as well as the aunt. I wish that was the worst of it, because like I said, this is definitely not, it's a wonderful life, but... Anna and her sister Isabel were molested by their grandmother's boyfriend, Ernesto. So when Anna finally gets the courage to say something to her grandma, she screams at her to shut her mouth. You know, she's lying. She grabs a wire hanger and she starts hitting her on the back of her legs until she has these huge welts. Unfortunately, it wasn't just Anna he abused. He also took advantage of the younger sister, Isabel. Anna was going through classes to participate in her first communion. Right. When she participated in confession, she passed a note to the priest. I am trying to think if this is eight years old. I want to say, um, they said it was um, usually like, I want to say she was close to like nine, but I'm not sure. Okay. So she passes this note to the priest and it said, I want to be in a house without abuse. I don't want to fight anymore. I'm tired of the bruises that cover my body and the darkness in my heart. I wish my parents were here to protect me and my sister. Protect me, Dios. Protect us. So, you know, this poor girl. 
she's going to church and just, you know. Begging for help. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, this is where I'm going to find help. Yes, exactly. Where she should find help. Yeah, yeah, this should be the place where you can go for help. Which they did what they could to help her. Okay, okay. But, so the following Saturday, police officers arrive at their door. The grandmother still sided with Ernesto, the boyfriend. And she's like, fine, take the girls, take all of their stuff. And all of their possessions literally fit in a single garbage bag. So they didn't have anything anyway. That was their toys, all their clothes, all in a single garbage bag. They went to live with their Aunt Sonia in a two-bedroom house with 11 people living in there. Two bedrooms, 11 people. Isabel bunked with her 21-year-old cousin. They had no room or privacy whatsoever, yet it was still better than their previous situation. So, unfortunately, her aunt also abused her mentally and physically. She'd show up at school with marks, and while she did her best to hide him, it wasn't always possible. Right. Her favorite teacher, Senor Garcia, who I'm sure knew what was going on, yes. suggested that she should stay with her friend Yolanda. So, Yolanda's mother, let me just say we need more people like her, Remember, Anna had never told a soul that she had HIV because it was so shameful. It was embarrassing. And her grandma reminded her that you don't talk about it. Like when she'd been in school, kids would walk by and they're like, you must have HIV. You're so skinny. Stay away from us. They throw things at them. They were, they were awful. They were awful. I'm also wondering at the time if um, she made her feel like you can pass this to anybody at any time. Like poor Anna probably just didn't even know. She didn't know. Yeah. you know, and could, she just felt so inferior. Somebody that I care about. Yeah. yeah. No, and that must have been so frightening yeah. for her. Yeah. And not having an actual an adult, you know, right. an adult that care. Yeah. Just this poor girl. Like I said, kids at school would bully, tease, ostracize people that they suspected might have right. been infected. But Anna felt she needed to be honest with this family since she was staying there. Yolanda's mom wiped away the tears from Anna's cheeks and said she was absolutely welcome to stay there. So I I just love this woman. They even tried to have Anna adopted with Yolanda and her mother, but sadly the state refused. They claimed that Anna would have to have written permission from her grandmother, which we know that wasn't going to happen. So her one chance of being in a loving home slipped away. She was sent to this reform type of school and once again she had to keep her secrets from everyone eventually she opened up a bit with um, the psychologist maria but this poor kid she finally meets a friend there who she can share everything with berto and they end up you know she she'd been interested in boys before but it's almost like berto is her first true love yeah and um he's very sweet to her and she doesn't have to keep secrets with him because He's also infected. Oh, okay. They find out. Okay. Um, so um, one day he ends up, you know, just totally disappearing and she's devastated. But he had left her a note saying that he was going to this home and he'll send for her. So they both end up in this home together for individuals living with HIV. Mm, okay. And I must say that the couple running this home truly impressed me. I wish more people shared their care and compassion. Right. Myself included. Yeah. Like I said, both Berto and Anna are HIV positive and well aware that they needed to be using protection. But one time they didn't, and you can guess what happened next. Right. And it's like 13 and was certain. Yeah, I know. (laughs) 
I mean, she was certain she wasn't pregnant because she had had her cycle. Right. So, but still, she was sick in the morning, and she just couldn't shake this feeling of nausea. Being young and naive, she really had no idea how much they had changed the trajectory of her life. Right. In this home, she's not allowed to have a baby. She's not, you know, in this group home. And as she continues to mature, she questions if she still loves Berto. I mean, 13 when they're together. I mean, they're so young. Right. So it's kind of like a Mexican telenovela. But with a twist, right. these characters are super young. They have so many secrets. I was very relieved that the baby didn't contract HIV. Oh, wow. They okay. tested at birth. They tested like at six months. And then again, so the baby was fine. It's also nice that Anna did the right thing, allowing Berto to be in the baby's life, even right. when their relationship was over. And she seemed to take pretty good care of him because he continued to get sicker and oh, sicker in the book. Okay. Um but it's definitely not the journey of hope that right. I had in mind. <laughs> it was super sweet how much she wanted to give her little one a better life than she had. Right. She was returning to f- school. Her favorite aunt agreed to watch the baby so she could attend. She still didn't have an ideal relationship with her grandmother, but I love that the birth of the baby actually brought them back together. Like the grandmother was proud of the baby, so it kind of was like, let bygones be bygones. They huh. just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm with you, but... She's got a lot more forgiveness in her heart than yes. maybe I would. <laughs> you and me both. I just can't imagine things being much worse for this young girl. To have both your parents die when you're still so young. To have your own grandmother verbally and physically abuse you. To have her side with his, you know, the predator the boyfriend. Abuser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To have your own aunt call you horrible names. I mean, when she'd be a few minutes late from school, she would call her a whore. And just these awful things. Then to have the two people she trusted most, that the priest and her favorite teacher, in essence, turn her life upside down. I mean, they were trying to protect her, and they were doing the right thing. But still, yeah, it would just be so hard to have hope. Yet, Anna did. So I think maybe that's the point that Jenna was making. If this young woman can choose hope in the midst of all this trauma that life has handed her, then we all can. I have no excuses. None of us do. She first came across Anna at that support group for people with HIV, and Anna stuck out to Jenna. The book didn't end in a neatly tied-up story. She noted that it isn't how life works. I mean, it's a a work of nonfiction, and it's not all you know, neat and tidy at the end. Anna, like all of us, is a work in progress, but the final portion of the book is priceless. It offers suggestions how to help our children, our communities, shed light on common myths and misconceptions about AIDS, and probably, most importantly, reminds us that children need to be free to discuss all of life's issues. Right. So many of the things were secrets. Right. With Anna. Right. And... You kids should not be keeping secrets. Right. Right. I love that Jenna broke things down into smaller pieces. So like she'd say, if you only have an hour, just one example, and you wanted to learn about HIV, AIDS, abuse, or exclusion, use that time to educate yourself. If you have an hour a week, you could teach a skill or become a mentor. If you have a day, you could observe World AIDS Day on December 1st. That's at www.worldaidscampaign.info, which December's coming up. 
She put, if you have a son, and there are lots of options. I'm just giving you a couple. I'm also of grateful. It seems like to me that um, technology oh, and medication yes. has yes. been such a long yes. way. Yes, that for sure. There's help for that too. I and, don't know about in these other countries though. Right. Um, I think that's yeah. also expanded. Yeah, but, I hope so. Um, so she put, if you have a summer, you can help with academic treks, life works, world school, or Habitat for Humanity. Yes. Um, you get the idea. Yeah. She gives suggestions with helping with UNICEF, including trick-or-treating. Oh. www.unicefusa.org backslash trick-or-treat. They will send you, um, and you can raise money for different things for UNICEF. It's been going on for a long time. Huh. I'm tempted to go trick-or-treating as a 51-year-old woman <laughs> and do it for UNICEF. But um, <laughs> we'll see. She talks candidly about HIV, AIDS, abuse, difficult topics that I most certainly shy away from. Um, I do too, generally. Um, sadly, they're, and I hate to say this, but they are a reality. And sure. we do need to give the kids the support that they need to escape the harmful situations and so that they know their worth. So that they know that they're yes. worthy to get out of those awful yes. situations. Yes. And worthy even if they're HIV positive. Right. They're still worthy to have a good life. Yes. And live in a loving home. Yes. And have loving relationships. Yes. And have people accept them for who they are. Yes. She did, I mean, just being born with it. She did absolutely she had nothing. no choice in the matter. No. No. <laughs> right. So... Once again, something I usually don't get into, but I can see why it would be important to discuss it. Get it out in the open and heal those affected. Too often hurt people hurt people. Correct. So I'm so happy that Anna's hopeful and views her situation in such an admirable way. It would be very easy to give up when you've had literally everything stacked against you. I mean, I'm not sure... Anything else could have happened to her. Right. I mean, Agreed. everything. Right. But I admire that she sees herself as a survivor because that's exactly what she is. She's taken everything life has handed her and shined through that darkness. Just such an inspiration. As is Jenna Bush for making the effort to share Anna's story. And not just that. She did so much more than tell a story. She helped us understand situations others face in life. And even more importantly, listed how we can take action. Right. With whatever time we have. I mean, an hour, a day, a week, sure. a month, a year. Absolutely. Um, she has all sorts of ideas in the back of the book. Even if it's, you know, just an hour or just being more sympathetic and kind. We can all do more to heal the hurting. So in the back of the book, she has these discussion questions hmm. that like if you were to do it with a, a group and pretty much sums it up. She said, how can you help kids like Anna? What else can you do to help children break free from the cycles of abuse, illness, poverty, and silence? I just love that she finishes it with a call to action. So not just, you know, sharing the story, but how are we going to help people like Anna? Right. Very good. So I've just seen in the last couple of weeks just about how friendship is just really important. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you a couple weeks ago that I had taken my youngest back to school after the summer. Mm -hmm. And I just felt melancholy for a couple of days. And then I came here to record. <laughs> and Craig, who edits for us, had left. 
And you and I had sat here afterwards laughing about the antics of children. <laughs> so I'm going to put it for about 30 minutes. And we laughed pretty good. <laughs> yeah. and it was a pretty good laugh. And when I went home and woke up the next morning, I was like, oh, you know, that's what I Life's needed. Good. Yeah. Life, it was good. I laughed really hard and then I felt better the next day. And just this week, I was talking to a coworker. Our job is pretty thankless. You know, my real yeah, job that yeah. pays the bills uh, is pretty thankless. And and she's kind of realizing that, too. And she said, I went home and I was telling my husband that somebody had called me and thanked me for my hard work. And it was just kind of amazing. Wow. And she told my husband about it. She told her husband about it. And he kind of was like, oh, yay. Mm-hmm. She said, but I called my two best friends. And they both were like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, this was on Teams. We were having this mm, chat. And mm-hmm. I said, women friends are it. Yeah. Sorry, men, if they you're listening. It. But that's what I said. Just women friends yeah. are it. And I hope you have these people around you, women or men, that are just cheering you on. And and I just really think that uh, making time for your friends yeah. is, is really important. I know for me when I was raising girls that didn't drive yet, I didn't do much. Um, I did have one night out a month with my friends Mm -hmm. and we actually would just as a tip, we would get together in January and we actually put it on our calendars for for the whole whole year. year. That's really smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it changed. Like obviously, you know, we'd get a text like, I can't make it that Friday night. My son has the school play. Right. Right. And we would move it around. Right. And majority ruled. Sometimes people couldn't come. There's five of us. We rotated houses. The person would do dinner or whatever and um sometimes we scrapbooked sometimes people did homework that they were going to school (laughs) sometimes people were you know writing their kids birthday invitations yeah Uh, getting together right it was just we called it therapy so it was just still really important because i think if i hadn't had it on the calendar i would have found laundry to do during that time of course there's always laundry to do there's always stuff to do so i just i just think it's really important our lives are busy and our schedules are full and um, it means that a lot of us are neglecting our relationships mm-hmm. and our social connections. And and I think we really do suffer because of it. I think so, too. Um, so just I just wanted to go over just a couple of things that just are important about friendship mm-hmm. and how your friends can inspire you, take care of you. And um, number one is for stress relief. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And spending time with friends has a way of taking the edge off and helping you put your problems aside even just for a little while. Laughing so, with friends yes, is huge. Yeah, we just were at a little, well, our happy hour the other night. Mm-hmm. But for a friend who's a new grandma to some twins, and just laughing and just seeing everybody mm-hmm. was, and I know yes. everyone's super busy, but they took the time to go out right. there. And I know that meant so much to her and right. um, just made everybody feel so good. Yes. So, yeah. I just have to tell you, funny, I texted my husband at work when I was leaving, and I was like, I'm going to happy hour. I won't be gone long. <laughs> that was at 5. <laughs> I think I got home at 8.30. I just have to put that out there. So, you know, sometimes our first instinct, and I, I went through this too, is to cancel friends mm-hmm. or push it on the back burner or think about, you know, because obviously, yeah, right. We can always think of something right. that, you know, but friends act like a reset button. I, I really think that's a really yes, good point. Yeah. Like it's that, that little, allowing us to step back, breathe, and see things more clearly and I think it was nice, too, like, um, we were sitting outside. Mm-hmm. And I think any time you spend outside mm-hmm. is really good, too. Yeah. So. Um, I think friends, too, it, it gets, puts things in perspective. 
Right. You know, if you're just home doing all of your stuff and mm-hmm. your chores and everything, mm-hmm. um, for me, I just get kind of frustrated mm-hmm. at least to take the time and it's like you said with a reset button mm-hmm. you're just a better person I think also sometimes to my friends can kind of I can say say something and they can bring it back home to me in a different way mm-hmm. I can I can be upset about something and they well what about not yeah. in a bad way right, but right. in a good way that I need to right. hear so Number two is stronger, healthy habits, because you're a reflection of the people that you spend most Mm -hmm. of your time with, right? This is why you need to choose friends carefully. Yeah. Right. Spending time with friends who have similar goals, values, aspirations, and healthy lifestyles have a way of spreading in a Mm -hmm. good way. Your friends can make you more confident, more understanding, empathetic, and more patient. Mm-hmm. Although, at Happy Hour, we did have taffy and M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I really like the taffy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Teresa and I were like, taffy was, taffy's So I tried it. I'm like, I got to get another one. <laughs> yeah. Blue taffy really was the best. They can affect your adherence to healthy habits like exercising. Because mm-hmm. I know that's really good. I feel like you've met a lot of friends yeah. through exercising. Yeah. Especially that I, new one she had said I, I met. I feel like oh yeah. Nancy, the yeah. my class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like when you are you're so vulnerable when you're sweaty and gross <laughs> and true. at a low point when you're working out. And so it does make people really close. Right. I mean that's yeah. so interesting because I know I've had a good hard cry after workouts. Oh. <laughs> as far as like it lets yeah. out, yeah. it, it ma- does yeah. make you vulnerable, yes. I guess, is yes. the right word. Yeah. Not in a bad way. I just no. think sometimes that's a vulnerable time. Yeah. You let those emotions mm-hmm. out. So I think it's very healthy. Right. Friends can help discourage engaging in bad or damaging mm-hmm. habits too. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you choose your friends. Wisely. Yes. Right. Number three is there a support system. Mm-hmm. I think that's so huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny just thinking about these four friends that I've had for a long time. These ones that I've met with every for over the oh, year. Yeah. You know, we've had one friend that's had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. There's been two divorces. Um, kids. Lots of kids with, mm-hmm. you know, kids mm-hmm. and their own issues and mm-hmm. helping each other through that. Mm-hmm. I had one friend that I said the other day something, and I said, you've been through it, so I knew you would understand when I called, right? Mm-hmm. When I have this, yeah. um, you know, sadness from a breakup, a physical recovery from surgery. It was funny. After I had my cochlear surgery, I had a really funny picture of myself wrapped in this wrapping <laughs> around my head, and I sent it to them. I'm not sending it to all of you. (laughs) (laughs) You probably made them smile. They did. They laughed. It was funny. Yeah. But the thing with, if you, if you are open with your, like if you're honest and open, that's Mm -hmm. being honest and open with your friends so that Mm -hmm. you're letting the real you, right. Let them see the real you. I think that's key to a good friendship because otherwise it's so superficial. I always joke, but it's true. I say they see the good and the bad, but they still stay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because the good outweighs. Well, most of the time. <laughs> Number four, and this is really interesting, protection against depression. And it kind of mm. reminds me, it goes back to that situation with mm-hmm. you that I'd had those four or five days where I just mm-hmm. wasn't feeling like myself. And then I came over here, mm-hmm. I had 30 minutes of a good laugh and left Isn't it feeling amazing great. how, like, you don't want to go anywhere when you're feeling bummed like that? No. You don't want to see anyone. No. You don't want to go anywhere. But you should. But if you just do it, <laughs> right. yeah. I made this commitment. Yeah. So, and, and I, this is so 
true. And I think we're so used to this, we don't see it. But it, today's increasingly online world of social media mm. is contributing to increased ideas of loneliness, isolation, and depression. Yeah. Even as we supposedly are more connected, I'm putting that in quotes, yeah. than ever. Yeah. Meaningful face-to-face friendships have the ability to recharge our social batteries and ward off risk factors for depression. A strong so social agree. me too. A strong social circle is associated with a greater sense of well-being and self-reported happiness levels. So, get out there and see your friends. I know it's hard. I do. Like there are times where I, Jeff was joking with me once. I had been invited to uh, learn how to decorate a cake, mm-hmm. and it was across the street from my house. Like <laughs> yeah. a neighbor. Very easy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was kind of wishy-washy before I walked out because I wasn't going to know anybody and I really in the time when I agreed to it was excited to go this is going to be fun I like this neighbor I'm sure it's going to be great and he literally said to me if you want to come home walk back across the street (laughs) (laughs) right turned out super fun yeah isn't that how it usually is though totally I mean I can't think of a time where I've made myself go do something where I've regretted it very, you know. or if I have, I don't even remember it right yeah, now, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, try, I and, and I, believe me, I understand, you know, both as working moms mm-hmm. that we've been, that it's hard, but even if you can just sacrifice a night a month. Um, well, it's know. even better if you can get the husbands to go, because like tomorrow night we're having a, a dinner group and Correct. all of the recipes will be from People Magazine. So <laughs> yes. They're gonna, they're gonna, there's, there's nothing... Um, they, they aren't a specific area or, you know, right. type of cuisine. They're all just from people magazine. Right. <laughs> just all sit around yeah. eating, enjoying yes. each other's company. And laughing. And laughing. Yes. So. The good, the good stuff. Yes, exactly. Memories. Yes. Making memories with exactly. friends. Exactly. I don't know about the world, but I know kids. And I feel like sometimes kids don't get involved because they think, what can I do? I'm just a kid. And really, kids can do so much. Jenna Bush. We want to hear from you. Please email us your thoughts, story ideas, or just say hi at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com. Tell us about someone inspiring in your life. And like or subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out and helps others find us. You can find more information about us at our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Follow us on Instagram at Tangential Inspiration Podcast or find us on Facebook. Have a great week.